the Slasher Sluts, the horror podcast you never thought you needed. My name is Rob. I'm Anthony, and each week we're going to be reviewing a different horror movie and giving you our opinions. And telling a couple of slutty stories along the way. Well, we finally did it. We made it through the Fear Street saga. Yeah, it was um, definitely an interesting end to the series. I thought it was a good ending to the series. Yeah, it um, it did what I wanted it to do, and it wrapped up the story in a nice, neat package, I guess you could say. It's I wouldn't necessarily say that was a neat package, but... I mean, as neat as a horror movie can that's make true. killing and gore. I mean, I've never really been a fan of the pilgrimage setting horror movies. Like, there was that horror movie, The Witch... I mean, people loved it and they raved about it, but, like, I had such a hard time trying to understand what it was that they were saying that I really didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it's literally, like, looking back into a whole new world, the way they live. Could you imagine living like that? Um, yeah, no. Running water and, like, hygiene are things that... Are super important. Matter. Right. Because, you know... Otherwise... They're all dirty. Yeah. I don't understand, because they all looked relatively nice. That's what I never understand. It's like, how do you look so nice? Yeah, I think it's just because of Hollywood. If they actually had them covered in the muck and grime, they wouldn't be able to sell them as, you know, symbols that the actors are. So this movie starts with Dina getting the flashback and transporting herself into the body of Sarah Fear, the witch. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to, like, see all of the characters coming back in this old-timey setting, but not being the same people. Right. It was the same actors and the same faces that you knew. They weren't the people they portrayed earlier in the films. So it was definitely nice to see that, because you got to see your familiar faces you might have missed, like Kate, Simon. Yes, we know about Kate and Simon. My God. Listen, they are just fantastically written characters oh my god i can't get enough so of them. annoying even in this they were great were they what did they do uh she was a drug enabler you know she led them on their little trip to the witch's house to get their magic blueberries oh my god that's right and they had they did they did drugs and that that, that party that they went to in the woods everybody's back at the friggin woods yeah, it was like looking at a high school party all over again, you know? Yeah, you all the kids sneaking away from the parents to have a sex party in the woods and drink and do drugs. I mean, I've done my fair share of drugs. That's for sure. Definitely fucked on some drugs before. Yeah, I mean, it enhances all sensations. It does. It definitely does. It makes, makes everything feel better. Sure does. Sometimes you even last a little bit longer if the drugs are good enough. Depends on what drugs you're doing, I guess. Now, have you ever had sex on drugs before? Uh, I have. I have had some wild moments with drugs and alcohol involved. This one time with a girl, we... As, you know, of course it's going to take place in the woods because... Of course it is. That's where all drugs just feel better. In being, the woods? Yes. That's weird. Nature. 
There's always nature. That's right. Nature. nature is sexy. <laughs> nature is nature. You love it. <laughs> you know, it feels great being in nature. Uh, and, you know, you smoke a little weed. You maybe dabble in some of the um, white powder. Okay. You know. Going skiing. Yeah, you know, and it gets your heart rate going. And then, you know. See, I don't like that. It's, it's like an energy drink times ten. No, it's not for me. One and done. I'll never do that again. I literally, I did it like maybe one thirty in the afternoon. When I tell you, I was literally wired. My eyes were bouncing back and forth until six a.m. Yeah, like I said, it's an energy drink on steroids. Never again. It's it helps you perform like absolutely not real well. No, no, no. But I mean, you know, that's. That's for me. What about you? Have you dabbled? I have definitely had sex on acid before. Um, now that sounds like it would be fun. It makes things a little bit more trippy. That is for sure. A little more bendy. Because um, um, you're a little bit more free and open, I guess. He was... Okay. More ex- willing to experiment with things? Yeah, he was. Um, new positions, new everything. It was great. But, um, I don't necessarily know if I could do that, like, on a regular basis. That's just kind of a lot. Yeah, I mean, the harder you get into the drug, like, the more time I feel like you need as recovery in between taking it. Because, like... I can't yeah, build up a tolerance is, for that. Yeah, you know, you, you build up a tolerance to weed, you build up a tolerance to alcohol, but, like, the hard shit does some shit to your head that, like... I'm not trying to fuck with that. Yeah, you might not know what's real and what's not. So as she's bringing them to go find these magical berries, they come across this... Well, Sarah comes across this book that has Latin in it, I'm going to assume... Yeah, I would say it was probably Latin with some, a little suggestive drawings of people worshipping the devil. And, like a fucking idiot, she reads it out loud. Because nobody ever learns from past horror movies of don't read the fucking creepy book. Well, I mean, in her defense, the year was 1666, so... They still have stories. I mean, yes, They might not have even pictures, but they got stories of people reading scary-ass books. Okay, I... But no. Nobody ever learns. (laughs) Okay. So life in the town for her starts getting worse after she reads the passage from the book, which then causes the entire town to basically fall apart. Yeah, like, the food starts rotting before their eyes... Her mama pig that just gave birth literally ate all of her children. Yeah, that was kind of gross. Not a fan of that. No. Because that's, I mean, that's also a realistic thing. For all of you animal lovers out there, you're really not going to like this next part, but there, we got to talk about it. I'm so sorry. You were very upset. I do not like when dogs die in movies. It bothers me to my core because I love dogs so much. I had to look it up because I legitimately had to cover my eyes oh, when they pulled the dog and out of the well. Yeah, I did not want you to see that. 
But, you know, like I was trying to tell you, it looked really fake. In my heart of hearts, I know it's fake, but my love for animals just trumps logic in my head, and it's like, you might know that's fake, but you still don't want to see it. So anybody who wants to skip it, uh, I looked it up. It starts at the 26-minute mark. Oh, my God. And it goes on for a minute, 15 seconds. So cover your eyes, all right? Oh, my God. That's the warning for animal lovers. But other than that, you know, you would assume that life in that town, which was already shitty... Couldn't get any worse. Yep, couldn't get worse, and then it does. And, of course, with what happens back then everybody starts pointing fingers at each other and saying it's a witch it's a witch because normal shit doesn't happen like that so they but it wasn't her originally who was thought to be possessed it was the preacher yes preacher just went fucking ape shit postal and kills a bunch of people well, not just people. Alright, I was trying to be uh, nice, but... This movie series has already killed children before, and they did not shy away in the No, they did not. And he did it in a real gruesome-ass way, because he used, like, a meat-hanging hook, Ugh. and pulled out all of their eyeballs, mm. put them in a pile in the middle of their church, and then ripped out his own eyes, I'm assuming, after... Because you can't really do that before. I mean, you can if you're possessed by the devil, but... Well, yes, apparently it gives you these otherworldly powers of still being able to find people. After you have no more eyeballs. Yes, and go for the specific person who read from the book. Doesn't make sense to me. But, again, witches. Magic. What are you gonna do? Exactly. But that starts the whole witch hunt scenario where now everybody in the town is saying oh it's the witch it's the devil leads to sarah being accused of that because she's different from everybody else yeah sarah's a um part of the community yeah she was probably one of the first in america to be part of the (laughs) community (laughs) oh god a lot of scissoring happening in this fear street trilogy yeah um i'm not gonna lie though in the woods when they started doing the little nasty nasty on the rock i was a little like oh shit some hot pilgrim lesbian action i mean if that's what you're into that's (laughs) fine i mean yeah i mean you don't partake in the flaps no no flaps for me sarah fear takes the flaps and she went down on those flaps oh stop saying flaps dress Got her head right between her legs. Probably her long-ass flaps. Yeah, I mean, you know that was probably dirty, too. Mm, Gross. They don't shower. (laughs) But, you know, yeah. So then they are caught by the town drunk, who decides he's going to tell everybody because he has no chill at all. And And his hair was always wet. Super greasy. Disgusting. Like the most dirty man in that town. <laughs> and of course, because shit starts going bad, everybody believes him that they're possessed by the devil because they were going down on each other. So of course, because Han is the preacher's daughter, and the rumors are going around about her and Sarah, they 
they assume that's the reason why the preacher went crazy. His daughter be doing the devil's work. Yeah, I think that them trying to find somebody to pin that on was comical at best because they had no proof that it was her. But back in those times, if one person, you know, lights a match, it starts a fire. Especially when shit is just going wrong all the time when everything was pretty cool a couple of days before. Exactly. Now, I don't want to ruin the ending for anybody, so... Yes, because it was For anybody who hasn't seen it, so I want to give everybody an opportunity to go and see it. If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to hear how it ends... I would probably stop listening for now. Go watch the movie and then come back. To right at this point. So that way you can hear our opinions. Because this is going to be a little bit spoiler heavy. Because it brings it back to... This is the meat and potatoes of the story. So Sarah goes to her friend's house to try and get shelter. Seek asylum for... Everybody chasing after her because they want to kill her because she's the witch. Yeah, they want to hang her because you hang witches. Which is a horrible way to go. Uh, terrible. The townspeople come and find her. Well, they think that she's at that house, so the guy tells her to go and hide, and she goes into this basement, essentially, what you think it is at mm-hmm. first, and then all of a sudden she sees a light through a tunnel and crawls through the hole, and it's the fucking sacrificial chamber from the other two movies. Yeah, which you were led to believe was hers. Right. That it was her house, her sacrificial chamber, because she was the witch who cursed the town. This entire time, right. It always makes it seem like Sarah has been the one to fear. But then you come to find out it is her friend. who is His name is Solomon Good. Now, for anybody who's seen the other two movies, knows... Who good is? Yeah, the main good that we encounter in both previous movies is the sheriff, who is Nick Good. And he is the protagonist, you assume, because he's a sheriff. Yeah, he's the one. He tries to help them out. He's been helping them this entire time. he saved What's-Her-Face, Ziggy, in the second movie. So when you come to find out that it's Nick, who's the killer, it's kind of shocking. But yeah. if, but watching it back again for the second time with you, it kind of made sense. When you had said to me, why didn't, why did Nightwing not continue to attack and kill Nick? I'm sitting there and I'm like, because Nick is the evil one. <sighs> Which now it actually makes sense. Because I had been wondering that in the second one, why the killer who has killed every single person he has come across would leave a perfectly viable victim to chase one who ran away. So to me, that was like an unresolved plot point that did not make sense. But now learning what we know and that the good family is not good they are the actual witches it all makes sense and like it's a good narrative in a story i think it definitely tied all three of them together it brought it all back around all of your questions are answered 
all of my questions that I had going into this from the previous two movies completely answered. Which is great, because not a lot of movies will do that. Some will leave it a little bit open. I mean, yeah, there is a little thing at the end where it makes it seem like, ooh, maybe they could continue it. Yeah. So who knows? Sometime in the future, we could have a Fear Street 2020. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it also looked like female hands that had grabbed the book. It didn't look like man hands. And they were also of the darker skin variety. I personally think seeing that scene, that it was Dina taking the book. It looked like white girl hands. Like Becky hands. I grabbed that book. I'm not sure. I mean, I hold hope that it's Dina, only because, like, I want her to take that book and, like, destroy it. But do you really think a book like that's ever going to be able to really be destroyed? No, but that's where I think it would lead into another sort of trilogy, is, like, the destruction of the book releases the evil that is contained in it, and we could get, like, another story now, but now with the actual devil himself as the main villain that they need to defeat. Because they said in this one, you can't kill the devil, so the next best thing was to kill Nick to end the curse. Which they sure did. In a spectacular way, I'm not gonna lie. Right in the eye. Yeah. (laughs) She's a good shot, because she came down hard, and right in that right eye. That was really good. Now, what would you rate this out of 10 as a standalone? And then we can rate the entire series. Okay, as a standalone, I would definitely say this one was better than Uh, 1978. Okay. But not as good still as the first one. Isn't that how all trilogies end up? It really is. Because, like, yeah, you still get like that wrap-up story which makes it better i guess than the second one but like there's just something magical always about the first one that like it's your first introduction to things yeah and it was a good introduction like this was a very good first movie so i would say this one is probably going to get i want to say like an eight okay. out of ten okay as a standalone I would probably give it an 8 as well. I mean, I liked I liked the setting and everything better than The Witch. It was a lot easier to understand, for sure. Yes, plus the characters being familiar. I mean, that didn't really... For me, it made it easier because I'm not being introduced to a bunch of other new characters. But you already were kind of in the second one anyway. Yeah, but it's the same people from the second one. I recognize them. That's true. I think as a standalone, it shined in ways that the second one did not. Like you had said, I think it was better than the second, but not better than the first. Mm -hmm. But I did like the way that the story wrapped up and the way that they ended it. Um, So I would give it an eight. Yeah, I think for the trilogy itself there obviously there are some movie uh horror movie trilogies or just series that you know they get a little bit more out there as they go on 
like, you know, Friday the 13th eventually started getting real weird. Then you have Jason in space and stuff like that. Jason X? Yeah. That one is funny. It's funny, uh, <laughs> but it is not scary no. in the least. No. It is comical. My but favorite is Freddy versus Jason. That one is I do love that so one. funny. That was very good because it was a good mix of the fighting and the horror and I like I do like Freddy's that one. funny. Freddy's got a lot of good one liners in that. He does. But as far as like the trilogy goes, I would have to say this is a solid like nine story wise out of ten. The For whole the overarching series. story. Okay. I would give a nine. Okay. It was very well and they touched back on things in each movie that led you to connect all of them as the linear story it was. I think I'd probably have to agree with you on that score of a series of the series overall. I think I would agree with you that it's a nine as well for the series overall. I liked the way that it told the story. It the characters were great, the set designs were great, the soundtracks were great, even for all three movies. Mm-hmm. It just it they really made you feel like you were in that time. Yeah. And even when it jumps back to nineteen ninety four, you're you pick right up where you left off in the other movie. Exactly. And you're like you get nineties vibes. Right. From the mall, the music, hell they eventually steal the cop car, they get Ziggy and all that, and then they go recruit Martin to the cause from the first movie, and that's just, like, that tie-back to when he helped Martin by giving him the paperclip, and he gave him the card and said, if you ever need anything, it's just that overarching story that was just so good that they touched back on that little interaction from the first movie. That's exactly my point. The ties that they brought in from one movie to the next and how everything was connected, even if it was the smallest little thing, mm-hmm. was great. So, I want to play a little game okay. with you before we leave. Interesting. Who is your favorite horror icon and why? Okay. Um... One of my absolute favorite horror movies is Scream. Okay. Ghostface, to me, is just a super iconic serial killer. And, like, when I was growing up, there was always somebody every single Halloween who was dressed up as Ghostface. I was Ghostface for probably... Four years in a row growing up. Exactly. He was just so <laughs> iconic. Right. I and like the robe. Yeah, it was, it was uh, so it was such a simple design. It was, it was so flowing. I felt Flowy like Flowy black. Yeah. Little white screamy like kind of face. Yeah. And, and his little knife. Mm-hmm. And it's just to me, that's just a quintessential horror villain. He's got everything. He's got the creepiness, then the phone calls. So I would definitely say him. Ghostface? Yeah, 100%. Okay. okay. Now, since you're asking me who mine is, obviously I'm going to ask you who yours is, because I just need to know. Well, and I'm going to need everybody listening to really dive down into your horror knowledge, because it's not something that a lot of people know, 
of, but my favorite horror icon is Victor Crowley. Um, there is this movie out there called Hatchet. I don't know if you've seen it. That could definitely be a movie for us to review. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that. Oh my god, it's so good. But so bad. He is this big, deformed, bayou serial killer. Okay. He <laughs> Definitely is... not what I expected with the name Victor Crowley. No. There's like four different movies. Okay. It's insane. He is probably one of my top favorite horror icons, but if I had to pick one that, like, mainstream that everybody would know, would probably be Michael Myers. Michael Myers is also super iconic. I mean, I also kind of like Michael Myers because it's, like, it's kind of sexy, you know? <laughs> the William Shatner mask? I mean... You think that's sexy? It's not the mask itself, it's, you know, he's... The big know, dude? The big dude, very attentive, a little bit of light stalking. <laughs> attentive, that's <laughs> not how I would describe him, but I mean, okay. he's very, very into, he knows what he wants, and he knows how to go and get it, and will kill anybody <laughs> in his way. Okay. That's he's... the kind of man I'm looking for. <laughs> okay, a focus-driven man. <laughs> <laughs> a man with goals. Yeah. That's who you want. <laughs> Even if those goals are stalking and <laughs> murdering babysitters. Yeah, well. I mean, everybody's got their dark side. That's true. And he also is the silent type, which is mysterious. Perfect. I don't need you to say anything. <laughs> Just be there. Yes. Be in my presence. <laughs> That's all I need. Bask in me. So that wraps up the... Fear Street Trilogy. I can't believe we finally did it. Episode 4 is done. Yeah, and it was definitely a wild ride with this trilogy because I did not know anything going into it. You had already seen all three of the movies, but I had heard good things, and it 100% exceeded my expectations in good ways. All good ways. That's good. So, next episode, episode five, we have a little bit of a treat for you guys. We have our first guest, who is somebody I actually grew up with, so we're going to be hearing some pretty interesting story times. Yeah, I definitely got an insight into... Robert of the past, oh boy. who I did not know much about, <laughs> and I learned some things today. Well, I guess you're just going to have to wait till next time to find out. Yeah, I'm excited. I think you guys are going to be very pleasantly surprised by this side of Robert <laughs> that we now get to learn about. <laughs> We will see you next week. Please, please, please don't forget to follow us at Slasher Sluts Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. If you have any horror movie suggestions, you can send them to us and maybe we'll review one. Yeah, uh, we definitely are looking for any sort of input that you guys have. We love to interact with you guys, too. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Make good life choices. Yeah, be good people. <laughs>